I'm starting to feel a little bit these days like it's deja vu all over again. And I'm talking about the metaverse. And it reminds me so much of 20 or so years ago when the internet was going through a phase similar to what the metaverse is today. The biggest thing that I remember from those days is there were some amazing winners that came out of that scenario. Some of the world's largest companies today were kind of born during that time where they came to fruition or to maturity during that time. And there were a lot of losers. Some of the world's biggest companies just simply disappeared. The challenge that we're being faced with today with this evolution, with this transition of the metaverse itself is how do we identify the opportunities and how do we know where these winners are going to be and where these losers are going to be? And at the bottom line, I guess, how do we capitalize on this change? How do we invest in this whole change that's going on right now. In just a couple of minutes, I am going to share some very embarrassing footage of me about a year ago. And there was an event that took place last June that uh, essentially changed my whole view. It kind of opened my eyes up to this potential of the metaverse. And um, it was my birthday last June. It also happened to fall on Father's Day, which happens uh, from time to time. And both of the boys, Brandon and his brother Jesse, flew up to uh, spend the time with us here. And we had an event, an event occurred where Jesse had brought his Oculus goggles along. Now, I had never, ever um, used virtual reality before, never. And I was a little bit reticent to do it. I thought this was going to be kind of silly. Well, I'm going to show you some footage um, of me using the Oculus headset uh, last June. Whoa. Play that. Whoa. Whoa. I want this room <laughs> what's with the legs what's with the <laughs> this is just hard to watch oh feel it <laughs> okay so i'm not exactly a gamer but when i went through that experience and when i put those headsets on and jesse hit go and i experienced this like i was in a different world it really really piqued my interest and I had always thought of this talk of the metaverse as being you know, gaming. Um, and sure, gaming will be a big part of it. But what I saw when I was going through that was um, this very practical non-gaming use. And it took me back to say the late 1990s. And I remember when in the internet essentially was well, obviously very basic. There were some chat rooms. I remember going on and checking the scores of some sporting events. Well, that whole thing evolved from that the, the bare bones structure to this corporate um, juggernaut, to, to the fact that every corporation today, people today just have to, uh, we all rely on the internet. And I think that the metaverse itself in the iteration that I think it's gonna uh, follow through is truly going to be a game changer. I've identified three major areas that we need to be aware of if we're going to make some money in this space. Um, number one is hardware. Number two is software. And in this video today, I'm going to focus on those. But they're already, but they're also rather are the operating system, the operate, the operators that are going to occur once uh, the metaverse is up and running. And I'm just going to be very honest with you. I don't know enough about that part of the world yet to actually make any intelligent um, 
uh, discussion, to have an intelligent discussion on it. So for the time being, I'm just going to leave uh, the gaming part of it and the Bitcoin and the currency and all those types of things uh, either to someone else for the moment or I will definitely be uh, researching that. A quick story. When I was in a conference a number of years ago, I remember one of the keynote speakers was talking and I was an investment advisor talking to a room full of advisors and asking us to imagine the day where we would be sitting at our desk and we would be virtually conferencing with our clients, but it's like you're sitting in the same room. And it seemed a little bit sort of far-fetched, even though it was not that long ago. I'm going to say maybe four or five years ago, but it seemed kind of like a Jetson-like. From what I've learned, uh, we are on the verge of that happening right now. And I think of like Microsoft, or Mesh, I guess, the Microsoft product, Mesh for Microsoft Teams. And I've seen some of the videos where they are going to simulate that environment. And I think that we are really... Um, coming upon that very, very soon. There's a company called Grayscale Investments. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. They are the world's largest digital currency asset manager. They're estimating that global revenue from gaming could be about $400 billion in 2025. In this chart, notice the in-game spend versus the premium spend. And this is the power of the actual metaverse itself of the virtual reality world where people will be transacting and there will be commerce in this whole space. This next chart shows a little more detail on the addressable market with developers, hardware, digital events, social commerce, and notably a huge chunk of this is advertising. Now, does that ring a bell? It probably should because much of our world today is driven by advertising. All the big hardware, all the big software companies, the big mega companies, are making most of their money on advertising. So the big question that comes out of all of this that's going on right now is, as an investor, how can I capitalize on this? How can I take advantage of this, what I believe is gonna be a huge wave? Uh, what do I need to look at to make sure that I'm uh, along for the ride on that. Um, if you are a beginner investor, or even if you're an advanced invest investor who's just looking to up your game a little bit, I will remind you the first link beneath this video is for our investing academy where we have all kinds of training for various levels of investors. I would encourage you to check that out when you're finished the video. Now, as I mentioned, there is the hardware, there's the software, and there's the operators. And you might be a little bit confused or puzzled or overwhelmed of these areas. Where do I even start? Like, what should I be looking at? And if you fall into this camp, and if you're not necessarily a go out and uh, you know buy your own stocks, I want to start off today by sharing a couple of Canadian ETFs that you might use to, um, to, to for your purposes here. The first ETF I'm going to talk about is the Horizons Global Metaverse Index ETF, and it is ticker MTAV on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Now, this is a very new product launched back in November of 2021. It is designed to track the companies that most stand to benefit from this wave that's going to be occurring. It tracks the Solactive Global Metaverse Index. And as you can see, they are predicting that this area, this metaverse is expected to grow to just under $830 billion by 2028. The major areas that it will be focused on are augmented or virtual reality, of course, the creator economy, which are software tools, social media, uh, companies that are expected to unlock the value uh, of the creator economy, where people will be spending money within digital worlds uh, to enhance their experience, the digital infrastructure itself. So we're talking about the network infrastructure, big data, digital platforms, cloud uh, cloud computing, the digital marketplace, which will be built up to facilitate the virtual interactions, uh, online commerce, gaming, of course, 
and also digital payments. So this is where the uh, blockchain and digital solutions will come to life. The management fee for this ETF is 0.55 and I think it's not a bad fee. I think it's fairly reasonable for something of this nature where it's so focused. Now, the fact that they're just tracking an index, I'm not sure how much work will be involved. So they probably could knock that, that fee down a little bit, but that's where they're at right now. From a sector perspective, you can see understandably they're focused mostly on the marketplace, infrastructure, digital payments is also a big part of that. And of course the creator economy, augmented reality is about 15%. And interestingly of the whole picture, gaming falls in at roughly 9%. The top 10 holdings you can see here, these are all names that we probably are familiar with and they're no surprise when you're looking at this space. From a geographical perspective, obviously the United States is the biggest place followed by China and there is a smattering of other countries as you can see through here, but this really will be a US focused fund. The second ETF I wanna take a closer look at here is uh, put out by Evolve Funds. And it's the Evolve Metaverse ETF. The ticker on this is MESH. A big difference here is that this is a, an actively managed fund. As opposed to the previous, the Horizon, which is a, a just tracks an index, the decision will not be made by the fund managers on those. In this particular fund, the strategy is that the fund managers themselves will be actively managing to try and take advantage of that. Now it does note here that this was Canada's first metaverse ETF, and that is true by a whopping five days. They were just ahead of the Horizon Fund uh, by literally five days. When we look at the holdings, you will recognize a lot of these names from a geographical perspective, again, uh, very similar to the Horizon Fund, heavily weighted in the United States and China. And this fund carries a management fee of 0.60, so slightly higher than the previous fund that we just looked at. If you are the type of person who would rather own individual securities rather than an ETF, uh, a little tip might be to look through the top holdings in these companies, in these funds rather, and uh, get some ideas from there because you know they have people out looking for these and they're gonna give you a good starting point as to what companies you might wanna own in your portfolio directly use their research uh, you can avoid the fees if you're you know if you're uh, if you're wanting to manage the portfolio yourself hey everybody it's brandon here i'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the canadian stock market don't hesitate to check out our investing academy you can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. Let's move now to the first major heading, which is the hardware section. And there is going to be no question of a doubt, huge, huge demand for things like semiconductor chips. I mean, we're already seeing uh, where we're at today with a global shortage. Uh, mostly supply chain driven, but that's just going to ramp up as time goes by. We're going to be looking at things like sensors, um, headsets that you will be wearing as you're participating in this type of environment. You're going to be looking at uh, the haptic 
technology. So, you know, the touch screens or when you're using a device, you'll be uh, using that type of technology as well. And also, of course, things like broadband and 5G, as more and more data is spread through the airwaves and, and through the wires, uh, we're going to be, there's going to be a huge demand on that type of company as well. We already see right out of the gate, according to this Forbes magazine, that the battle has begun. And the most obvious players are the huge tech giants, Google, Apple, Microsoft, Meta. They are going to be building, as it says in this article here, augmented reality headsets, but there's no question about it. They're also going to be building a lot of the rest of the, of the metaverse as well. In the video today, as I'm going through the various companies, I'm going to be using a brand new platform that's out of Toronto. It's a Canadian platform called Inverse. The program has just launched and it's completely free and it brings an entire research process under one roof. So as we all know, when you're searching for investments, you're searching for ideas, it's a very, very fragmented uh, process. You got your investment ideas from one source, you've got your research and analysis on another, collaborating, which is really hard to do today, uh, is uh, almost non-existent. And then once you own companies, you're using so many different platforms to, to tie everything together. And most of these platforms um, have their own fee. Well, what Inverse has created, they've created a platform where all of these different functions fall under one roof. You can source your ideas in the feed, in groups or in notes. You can conduct research to validate an idea that maybe you've come across by yourself or through someone else. You can share your findings with the community with uh, posts or notes or chat. And once you finish that and you've actually made a trade, you'll be able to monitor the performance on that trade uh, using one of Inverse's uh, portfolio analytical tools, which will be coming soon. I suggest that you check the link in the description below. And while the company is still new, it's just been launched, go ahead and reserve a really good username so you don't have a whole string of numbers after it. And you can start using that platform for your investment needs. Three companies I want to look at in particular today are NVIDIA. I want to look at Cisco Systems and I want to look at Qualcomm. NVIDIA, of course, is huge in graphics and with their GeForce GPUs, you know, they run so many of these computers today, especially the gaming computers and the, the computing power, the graphics power that's going to be necessary to drive the metaverse. Uh, you're looking at NVIDIA as, I think, a real benefactor of that. If we see their stock recently with the markets pulling back, they have uh, participated in that as well, but seem to have maybe turned a corner here as well. In this, I'll just, step aside for just a moment in the video today i'm not going to be going into great detail on each of these companies because um i don't know at this exact moment or i haven't gone into the through the process of saying are these companies that i'm going to talk about today at the exact point that you might want to buy them and put them into your portfolio from a valuation perspective it's it, uh etc i would think some might be but others i think certainly won't be the point here is to get these on your radar when you're looking at this space um, and just sort of having you know that shortlist that you can, when the valuations do come become attractive for you, you can add them to your portfolio. But so uh, going on here with, um, with NVIDIA, if we look at their market cap, we'll see they're about a $660 billion company. Revenues around 16 billion. Uh, they don't pay much of a dividend at all. I wouldn't even say that's a dividend worthy. From a valuation perspective, they have price to earnings currently at about 82 times. Now this compares to their five-year average of 58. So from that perspective itself, you would be probably justified in saying uh, the company may be overvalued at this exact moment in time. However, you know, with so much upside, uh, that's a decision that each investor would have to make to see whether it falls into your uh, comfort zone as well. The next company I want to look at is Cisco Systems. 
most people know Cisco, they design, manufacture uh, internet uh, networking materials, like things like switching, routers, wireless data points, uh, data center products, and, and of course the infrastructure platforms themselves. They too have fallen victim recently to the market decline, however, seem to have stabilized there. From a market cap perspective, they're about 240 billion roughly, about $50 billion a year in revenue, 2.63% currently as a dividend yield, so that's fairly attractive for those of you who want to pull in a dividend as well. Price to earnings at around 20.9, let's call that 21. This is currently uh, substantially below the sector um, average. The sector median is around 28.50 at the moment. So if you're looking at it purely from that valuation metric and you think you might want to look at shares of Cisco, this, uh, you know, look at it, always, of course, do your own homework, but maybe um, it will inspire you to look a little bit deeper into the company itself. The third company I want to look under this hardware section, uh, sector right now is uh, Qualcomm. And, you know, I mentioned 5G and Qualcomm, of course, is one of the, the leaders in the wireless uh, industry worldwide. They uh, took a dip recently, but have recovered quite well in the last short while. Market cap of Qualcomm is about $200 billion, $33.5 billion worth of revenue each year, or an okay dividend, about 1.5%, and uh, current price to earnings ratio at 21. Uh, again, this is much like, like Cisco, where they are trading below that sector average, the sector median rather, of about 28 and a half. So uh, again, maybe you want to have a look and see if this might fit into your portfolio uh, in some way. Now, staying with the hardware header, the hardware theme, um, two companies that just jump right out to mind, and you, you may already own these, companies are Amazon and Microsoft. And I'm speaking of them specifically in this context as uh, storage, because there will be terabytes and terabytes and whatever the next number is of data that will need to be stored. And of course, when you look at a company like Amazon with their AWS, their Amazon Web Services, they uh, could be probably, uh, you know, you might want to consider them as almost a no-brainer in that arena. Market cap of about $1.6 trillion at the time of filming here. Revenue, $470 billion a year. They don't pay a dividend right now. Uh, they do have a price to earnings at about 49.7. And notably, this is significantly lower than their five-year average of 126. That said, it's a much higher than the, the sector median of 16. So this is one of those companies that's somewhere in the middle there. So from a, a comparative of itself to the, to the, uh, the sector itself, um, you have to kind of make a choice as to, you know, what, in your opinion, where the value lies there. The second company, Microsoft, as I mentioned, with their Azure services, much the same boat, more than $2 trillion in market cap, dividend yield of about 0.75, and a price to earnings ratio currently at around 33. And this is right in their ballpark. Their five-year uh, average is about 34. So from a valuation perspective, as a starting point only, if you're using the PE uh, ratio to, to measure that, uh, this would indicate that maybe uh, Microsoft currently warrants a further look. Now, so far in the hardware section, these are all big names. I mean, it's pretty much controlled. This area, I think, is and will be controlled by these big, big players. Might be a little bit of a different situation when we move into the software segment here. And uh, this, again, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some deja vu here. And this reminds me, and for those of you who are old enough, you'll remember this roaring battle uh, back when the time, when, when videotapes became popular and there was the, the Betamax versus the VHS uh, war. And um, at the end of the day, VHS won that. Probably a lot of people who have used VHSs over the years don't even know what beta is, uh, the Betamax. Uh, but the, a lot of people would say the, the stronger technology lost out 
because of some other factors. Well, in this space right now, in the software space, when it comes to the 3D rendering, the virtual worlds, there isn't a standardized adaptation, I would say, of the tech uh, technical specs that are going to be universally used. And we've seen this over the years with internet um, as well with the various coding and the various programming languages, et cetera, the flash and uh, that type of thing where um, there was um, inconsistency in the way those were built up. The two big players right now, um, the two big standards rather, are a universal scene description known as USD. Now this was developed by Pixar and of course we're all familiar with that company. The big supporters of the USD are, the, uh, are Apple with their scene kit. Uh, Blender, Autodesk, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Autodesk uh, shortly as far as a software company itself to possibly buy. And NVIDIA has announced that they are going to be adopting the USD standards. Now, on the other side of the fence, we have an open source platform, which is OpenXR. Now, this has been adapted by some big hitters as well. Uh, Microsoft, for example, is has adopted the OpenXR for their HoloLens. Meta Platforms uses this platform for their Oculus Quest headsets. So it will be interesting to see where this all falls out. Now, these are platforms. These aren't companies you can invest in, but it will, you know, whichever comes out the winner, if, if there is one winner out of this, it may affect the particular companies who align with those. As far as what companies to own in the uh, software space itself, uh, you know, Microsoft, I think here as well, as well as hardware, um, is a very good candidate. And I'm not gonna go more into detail about Microsoft itself. We kind of just looked at the numbers in the previous segment there. Um, Apple comes to mind as well with a $2.8 trillion market cap right now. They're trading a little bit ahead of their five-year price to earnings ratio at 29 currently where their five-year average is about 23 and they have revenue of about $365 billion. I wanted to now look at a few companies that many people will be familiar with, maybe especially gamers, but others there won't be. They're not like household names that we've looked at so far. The first one is a company called Autodesk. This is a company that provides 3D design, engineering. It's really big in the 3D space, and uh, you're probably familiar with AutoCAD, and this has been around since, you know, since I remember computers being along in, in its earlier iterations. And AutoCAD is, uh, you know, it's for professional design, drafting, detailing, that type of thing, and visualization, which of course is going to become more and more important as we move forward here. Company trades with a market cap of about $55 billion, revenue of only about $4 billion. So in the big scheme of things compared to what we've looked at so far, that's a small number. They don't pay a dividend. They do have a price to earnings currently at about 42, which um, they don't have a comparable, a five-year average, but comparing to their peers are at around 20 and a half, they seem to be overvalued, at least according to the sector. Again, something you might want to keep an eye on if you're uh, if you're looking at Autodesk, and I believe this is a company that that um, warrants a lot of attention as we go to this more complicated rendering uh, requirements out there in the metaverse. The second company I want to talk about is Matterport. Now, whether you know the company itself, if you shop for a house or if you've gone on to Realtor.ca and if you've looked for houses, this is the company that, that designs the software for those 3D looks where you can kind of look around and walk through a house. They are a, a spatial data company, let's just say. Their specialty is really digitizing and indexing the built world. So their goal here is to take the uh, the real world and convert that into a virtual reality. You will see them shine mostly when it comes to the real estate and the metaverse is going to be full of real estate. So we've kind of had a little bit of a glimpse into that future now, if you've uh, gone on the realty sites and you've used Matterport at all. So this is a, um, an example here. Now, from an actual corporation uh, perspective, let's look at some of the numbers. They are 
a very, very small company in the big scheme of things. Just over $2 billion in market cap. They only uh, became publicly traded uh, via SPAC acquisition in July of 2021. They don't pay a dividend and they don't even have a PE earnings uh, just because of the reporting. This is no question in my mind, a lot of potential, but this would fall into the more speculative um, arena so or area. So if you are looking to add this to your portfolio and it will be in some of the ETFs, um, that you're looking at. Just understand that this is it certainly is not a Microsoft or an Amazon or an Apple. Uh, this is much more speculative. Uh, so keep that in mind if this is something that interests you. The next company I want to talk about is a company called Unity Software. And Unity is a, uh, a real-time, like a 3D development platform. They make content for mobile phones, tablets, PCs, consoles, and all of the augmented or virtual reality devices that we'll be using in this space. Uh, reasonably sized company, 33 billion to market cap, revenue of only a billion, fairly small. Um, they are growing their revenues, although no net income to report at this point. They've been operating at a loss as years go by. And of course, as you would expect in a company like this, they don't pay a dividend. My first foray into this 3D, this virtual world uh, last summer really opened my eyes, like I say, and it really made me quite bullish on this entire experience. I believe it will be the next internet. Well, part of the internet, obviously they're using it uh, to, um, to run the whole thing. This won't fade away. And I think as an investor, it's too important of an opportunity here to not pay attention to. I think that you need to understand how it works. I think you need to look into it. Um, if you're a, a growth equity type investor or if you're an equity investor in general, and um, I hope that we talked about today will give you some starting points at least. And as I always say, don't go out and buy these companies just based on this video today. Do your own homework, do your own due diligence, understand how these fit into your picture before you do anything with any of these or any other company for that matter. Uh, quick reminder, the first link in the video below is for our Investing Academy. I really do appreciate you watching the video and I look forward to seeing you in the next video.